Welcome to The Advertising Show, America's only radio program focusing on advertising, media, marketing, product development, branding, new media, sales and customer relations. Stay with us for entertaining marketing discussion and our special guest interview. Now, here are your hosts, Ray Schillens and Brad Forsyth. And I would say that Alex Ben Block is a special guest. Special. He's a very, very, uh, very nice man and uh, very yeah. much in the know about uh, what's going on in the entertainment industry because he is an entertainment journalist and author. And he's with us today here at the Advertising Show, being brought to you by Advertising Age magazine. Visit online at age.com. The Advertising Show, Big Radio Midgets production. In just a few moments from now, we've got Patrick Meyer with us this week. And this week is uh, now Patrick's talking about the Zealot score. And we'll have. Uh, that on in uh, just a few moments. Jeffrey Gittimer is getting around low-level people, and that's really kind of a, uh, that's not a nice thing to say. You're a low-level person. I don't want to talk to you. Oh, but, thanks. Uh, no, I'm not, and I'm not saying that oh. about you. I'm just saying oh, okay. in general. Uh, oh, but generally, people are low-level. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, he's going to show us how to get around the low-level people and get to the people who actually make the decisions. He's, he calls them their daddy. Oh, who's your daddy? <laughs> you know, I just put a quarter in their cup and just move on is what I do. Jeez, oh, these are people engaged in business and such. Oh, I they're, gotcha. they're protecting their daddy. You'll never yeah. get to him because you are selling something. So uh, that'll be Jeffrey's thing. Uh, a little bit later on this hour on the advertising yeah. show. It's almost the holidays here. We're coming closer. It really is amazing to me how quickly we have blown through yeah. the month the of October year. into and the whole year, for that matter, yeah. as well. Sears Holding taking advantage of the Internet's growing popularity. Oh, they've Hello. heard that, too. How about welcome that? To, <laughs> welcome to the 70s and the 90s. <laughs> they have a new holiday-only website for moms. Ooh. What about not for dads? Hoffman Estates-based real, uh, retailer announced... Uh, about a week or so ago, the website, it's, uh, oh, I, what is that? Ray Day, oh my <laughs> God. It's R-E-A space D-Y. Oh, I see. ReadySetHoliday.com. Oh, that must be oh. a typo in the, the thing. That was funny. ReadySetHoliday.com. Sell merchandise from the company's three divisions, Sears, Kmart, and Land's End, which in my estimation has really diluted is its product line. It is yeah. not what it used to be. Wow. Uh, shoppers can pick uh, gifts by price, by category, and by interest. The site offers recipes, travel tips, a mom-to-mom discussion board, a kid zone where moms and kids or anybody else can make uh, personalized e-cards that include wish list, virtual images of family members. The site also has a digital planner that lets shoppers manage the season with calendars, lists, mailing labels, and budgets. Well, that ought to be a proper thing well that's cool and it's, you know uh, if you can get your people to i mean i don't know sears has typically an older crowd so i don't know if they're going to be web savvy enough to use all those tools hopefully so <laughs> i mean don't you think i don't know think about it well yeah you're you're absolutely right yeah uh, it, it i mean is, it's some great great ideas you described there but i'm not sure that you know that's the mtv crowd that's walking into you know in Cheers. the words of our president, the internets. I go to the internets a lot, and uh, I like to <laughs> try. Right? I like to. I like to try the Google. I haven't as well. heard that. You haven't heard go- that? No, but I, I, oh, I did. I, I heard he googled nuclear. <laughs> no, he calls it the Google. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. George. I didn't hear that. That's God funny. bless you. Ne- yeah. Nearly half of holiday shoppers, apparently forty-seven point one percent, plan to buy at least one gift online this year. Do you shop online for gifts? Sure. sure. Yeah. Uh, it's up from forty-two point six last year, which really isn't a big jump um, uh, from year to year. So, seven hundred ninety-one dollars and ten cents each year. Uh, 
on holiday merchandise. Oh, I, seven seven ninety one ten each this holiday on merchandise. So that's yeah. uh, that's amazing. Well, I know you like to shop online because you're embarrassed to go into Victoria's Secrets, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have, they don't my size. <laughs> right. Well, that's true. Hey, you know, uh, old news by now, Ray. But for those of uh, you listening that have not heard, uh, Draft FCB and Kara, or Kara, I should say, have uh, been awarded the Walmart's five hundred. That's a $570 million creative and media account, Cara. Wow. Cara, uh, I'm sorry, will uh, handle media and draft FCB, will handle creative. The agency won, of course, both those agencies won over Ogilvy Mather, New York, the Martin Agency. And a bit of a surprise, Ray, they uh, both beat out in the incumbent. GSDNM, which uh, had been with uh, with Walmart That's, since Sam was walking around. That is around. huge yeah. news. Yeah. My goodness. Wow. Yeah. I'm, so, of course, the Kansas City uh, agency was uh, let out of the running a while a while ago, which is uh, Bernstein Rain, and they had built basically an agency on that business, uh, and uh, they put a spin on it by saying, well, now that we're not part of that deal, we uh, it opens up. Uh, opportunities for us to go after other accounts because no conflict now. Well, that's a right. that's a nice way of saying you just lost your you know sixty seventy percent of your business uh, mm-hmm. with one one uh, client walking out the door. But GSDNM that's a that's a major hit for them and Huge, surprised yeah. that they didn't retain some of that business. So I'm surprised as well. How, yeah. how, how very interesting. I hadn't heard that. Uh, quick uh, article here. Newspaper uh, circulation falls sharply. That's the headline, and it's no. coming from the New York Times. Well, there you go. Okay. Buy a copy. Circulation of the nation's daily newspapers plunged during the latest reporting period in one of the steepest declines in the recent history. Hmm. Uh, well, I guess that's truth in advertising or something. You know what's interesting about that? Real quick, Ray. Three newspapers in the top 25 showed increases. They were small increases. New York Post, New York Daily News, as well as St. Louis Post-Dispatch. Wall Street Journal was down 1.9% on the on their weekly, and the weekend edition right. fell 6.7%. So, I mean, there's no, uh, you know, there's there's no one really succeeding out there in the top 25 except for the three that was mentioned earlier. I mean, we've been okay. talking about newspaper for a while here on yeah. the show, and uh, Ray, Ray doesn't even put it in his birdcage anymore. The bird won't even go no, for it. No, we use the paper bags instead. We've got Patrick <laughs> Meyer here on the advertising show. It's the Zealot Score. Let's find out what that's all about. Welcome to Understanding the Future Now. Now, it's the Marketing Insider featuring Patrick Meyer. Today I'm going to talk to you about what I call the Zealot Score. I'm not focused on reach, frequency, awareness, perception, tracking. I'm focused on the single most important score other than your market share, sales, and profit is the ability of the consumer to say, I will recommend this product to my friends. I will put my reputation on the line in recommending this product. I feel that strongly about it. What I'm talking about is also called net promoter, and now we call it the now, not now score. But it's the ability to get the consumer to be an advocate, to be passionate, and strong enough in their conviction to endorse your product with their friends. For years, I've been involved with key influencers in building brands through thought leaders and early adopters. I was doing a new business pitch for one of my clients a number of years back, and Campbell Mathun came in with a very interesting concept, something I've always believed. They had what was called a zealot score where they laid out exactly in a quantitative way how consumers felt about certain brands, both positive and negative, and the net between the two was their score. This, my friends, is exactly where you need to be. I don't care what category you're in. It's gauging where are consumers on endorsing your product. So you're saying to yourself, what are examples of zealot scores that are high? iPod, Red Bull, Google, Starbucks. 
What are examples of brands that have low scores? No surprise, AOL, Kmart, and many others. But what's also interesting is you can measure what's the momentum. Brands that are emerging on their solid scores and coming up. So here's what I ask you to do. Next time you're in a market research review or you're reading any kind of data, ask yourself, are we measuring the zealot score? You've been listening to The Marketing Insider, heard every week here on The Advertising Show. Join us next week for more insight into the future of marketing. I'm Patrick Meyer, and remember, the marketing revolution is now. And Alex Ben Block is after now. He's next, actually, here at The Advertising Show. Alex is an entertainment journalist and author here with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth uh, at The Advertising Show. And uh, we are uh, going to be talking with him for, uh, what, uh, three segments here today. A lot of great stuff coming your way, too, as we wrap up the year at The Advertising Show with uh, some great guests. Diane Hessen in a couple of weeks, president of uh, Communispace. We'll be talking with her next. And uh, we hope you'll stay right here at TheAdvertisingShow.com. Make your advertising dollars work smarter. You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Schillens and Brad Forsyth. Nobody can call George Whipple an old fuddy-duddy. This new sign is right up with the times. Maybe this will stop the ladies from squeezing Charmin bathroom. Welcome back to The Advertising Show with Ray Schillens and Brad Forsyth. As promised, our very special guest and a guy who actually has a parking spot in our lot here. Uh, Alex Benblock is an entertainment industry journalist and author out of Los Angeles and a frequent uh, guest here on The Advertising Show. That's because we love Alex. And uh, welcome back to the show. Uh, thanks for being with us again. Well, I love to be here. Thank you very much. Thank you. And we love having you, uh, Alex. You know, before hey, we talk about... Love. Knock it off. <laughs> yeah. Before we talk about... Uh, Katie Couric and her her new endeavor with CBS. I know you were in the same room with her last night, or just earlier this week, I should say, uh, at the Museum of TV and Radio dinner uh, honoring uh, Les Moonves. Can you tell us a little bit about the evening and what went on and just a little bit of insight there? Sure. You know, I've been in many, many of these dinners, and this was one of the nicest ones, the best produced and most enjoyable, and uh, also they got us out the door at a reasonable hour. This was the uh, Museum of Television and Radio's annual gala, Salute to Excellence, in Los Angeles. And this year, the honored Leslie Moonves, who, of course, is the uh, head of CBS Incorporated and really the architect of the rebound of the CBS network, and the producer, Jerry Bruckheimer, who's arguably the highest uh, profile producer in Hollywood these days, making movies like uh, you know, Pirates of the Caribbean and many other big hits over the years. And now, uh, with a lot of TV shows on the air, I think about eight in the last se- last season all at once, including CSI and Without a Trace and uh, a number of other shows. So uh, there was a great mood there last night, an amazing turnout of uh, producers, executives, and talent from all of these shows and from the networks, as well as other networks. Peter Chernin, the uh, uh, president of News Corp, was there. Uh, Bob Iger, the president of Disney, was there, and so forth. Uh, but the stars of the evening were Leslie Moonves, who attended with his beautiful wife, Julie Chen, who you may know is one of the hosts on sure. the, uh, the morning show on CBS, uh, and Jerry Bruckheimer, uh, who really is much beloved by the people who work with him, and uh, a producer is known for picking great talent and letting them do their job. So uh, they raised a lot of money, and uh, uh, it was a pretty nice evening. And uh, the stars who spoke, uh, Katie Couric, as you mentioned, was the came flew out to be the hostess, James Woods spoke on behalf of Leslie Moonves, and Anthony LaPaglia spoke on behalf of Jerry Bruckheimer. And then the awards were actually presented by William Peterson and Marg Helgenberger of CSI. So it was quite a gala evening. 
So I guess uh, Katie took the red eye out and was back in New York to finish the or to do the news the next the next day, I suppose. I believe so. Yeah. And so Alex what? had the uh, chicken, by the way. Was just in he did? Uh, he he asked yeah. for the fish, but he got the chicken. He got That's the chicken, yeah. steak this time. Oh, steak. Oh, is okay, that right? Good. Well, that's very un-PC. Uh, <laughs> let's talk a little bit about Katie. Uh, you know, lots in the news about her. Uh, a lot of eyes were on her as she launched the CBS Evening News, and they had a lot of innovative ideas uh, bringing Katie in, not just a female uh, anchor there, but a lot of in- innovation that came with her arrival. And today, a uh, little, little up-to-date on, on how she's doing, if you would, Alex? Well, yeah, you know, Katie Couric uh, came in like gangbusters with a tremendous promotional campaign and uh, a lot of publicity, and the first week uh, her ratings were number one. Well, now it's a few weeks in, and Katie's dropped back to number three. Uh, Mm -hmm. Brian Williams at NBC is number one. Uh, For instance, for the week of October 23rd, NBC uh, News averaged about 8.8 million viewers, ABC about 8.3 million, and CBS about 7.2 million. Uh, and in the demo, the all-important 25 to 54 demo, uh, NBC number one, ABC number two, CBS number three. But the good news here is that Katie's actually doing better than Bob Sheffer was doing. Uh, so she has elevated a little bit, and she has brought a fresh look to the newscast. Some people think too fresh. Some people yeah. are saying it's kind of soft and uh, too much talking and not enough news. And, in fact, uh, the surveys show that the, the number of correspondents on the air has actually dropped as there's more time now spent in the studio with Katie and her guest. So uh, I guess it's a matter of taste, but uh, clearly Brian Williams and NBC News, at least until they dismantle it, remain number one. Yeah, and what I found interesting, uh, I read something the other day where Charlie Gibson over at ABC is outperforming Katie with uh, the the female audience. Was that a surprise? It's a surprise to me a little bit. Uh, You know, he's got a great presence, and he's been a real mainstay on morning television for all these years which is a very heavy female demographic watching the morning. So maybe some of that audience has actually carried over and is watching him. And uh, Charlie Gibson is giving a very solid performance. And women really clearly are a big part of that audience. Yeah, he really is, and uh, he, he really picked up the, the uh, pace and has done a great job since joining ABC. We have about three or four minutes left in this segment. Why don't we allocate the t- this time to talk a little bit about old media scrambling to stay relevant? I know there's a lot going on out there, and you could talk for hours uh, on that, but just give us uh, the latest uh, three or four minutes on that, would you, Alex? Well, you know, uh, we were just talking about ratings, and NBC uh, about a week ago rolled out what they call NBC 2.0, which was kind of an interesting thing to package the news that you were about to downsize your company and put as good a face on it as you can. But they cut about 750 jobs in an effort to save about $750 million from movie, TV, and news operations, including Telemundo as well as the English language networks, and including the news department, which has been number one, but uh, at least in the evening news, although they've had their problems in cable news. Uh, But, you know, what this is really about is the change in what's going on. Uh, it used to be if you were a big advertiser, uh, Procter & Gamble and so forth, that you uh, figured out how many 30-second spots you wanted to buy on network television, where you wanted to put them, and then you wrote the check. And these days it's completely different. Now people are looking at using the Internet, using uh, alternative forms of media from street teams to uh, promoting sporting events uh, because people are no longer watching TV in the same numbers or in the same ways. 
and it's been a real challenge for the so-called old media or traditional media to figure this out. And it's been kind of a bonanza for a lot of the new media, particularly some of the hot Internet sites that have managed to rack up some big advertising dollars. Although, on balance, uh, the dollars that are in traditional television don't seem like they're going to just translate to new media, even if uh, you go dollar for dollar. So at the moment, they're scrambling to figure out how to support these expensive shows, big staffs, these great buildings and organizations that they have, and uh, become multi-platform providers. And that's the buzzword these days. Everybody is multi-platform. So you no longer make a show just for network television, but you make that show also to be showed on uh, the Internet in various ways, on various websites to help build your portal and uh, help sustain... Uh, your wireless efforts, for instance, it might show up on your cell phone. So uh, these days it's multi-platform, multimedia, but uh, for a lot of companies it's still a kind of a big mystery about whether or not they're going to be able to survive the change in the shakeout that comes with this really basic restructuring of the way the media operates in, in our world today. You know, about a minute left here. I understand NBC Universal said they will no longer develop comedies and dramas for the 8 p.m. hour, instead sticking to reality and game shows, which, of course, are cheaper to produce. Your thoughts on that, Alex? Well, first Jeff Zucker said that, and then he took it back. And Kevin Riley, almost an hour or two after Jeff Zucker said it, took it back. So what they're saying is that they want to produce cheaper shows for the 8 p.m. hour. And they, in game shows, things like Deal or No Deal are significantly less expensive to produce than uh, something like uh, uh, you know, a scripted show would cost them. And they've had such a bad time with some of their scripted shows, they've already had to cancel a number of shows. It's been a pretty tough season already for a lot of companies. And uh, so I think they're not saying they'll never do it, but they're saying that they're trying to significantly lower their cost per hour. And again, this is part of the basic restructuring of the way television operates in this new environment. So as you have a more diluted audience, each of these media has to find new ways to justify themselves economically, and you just can't spend what you used to spend. I've enjoyed uh, Friday Night Lights. I thought that was a rather interesting show as well. I don't know how that, how well that's doing, but it's uh, definitely a different concept. It's kind of a fresh, uh, fresh plant for television as well. Well, you know, a lot of people made fun of it because it's on Tuesday nights and it's called Friday Night Lights. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it's doing mediocre in the ratings. It's yeah. not holding its lead in, and it's a very expensive show to produce, and its future has to be listed as iffy at best. Okay. So see it soon in reruns in the next uh, 10 years or so. If you're lucky. Yeah, right here. Alex Benblock, our special guest, entertainment journalist and author. Got him for two more segments here on The Advertising Show. TheAdvertisingShow.com is the destination for the show and a lot of uh, really cool advice as well on advertising and marketing. Go to TheAdvertisingShow.com and know that it's powered by a company called Shipple.com and a program called Tendency, which allows us to communicate with lots and lots of folks out there around the world. TheAdvertisingShow.com. Thanks to Ed, this team, and uh, here in the Houston market. Back with Alex Benblock and uh, more with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth on the advertising show in just a moment. Make informed decisions about your company's advertising strategy. This is the advertising show. See the USA in your Chevrolet. America is asking you to call. 
Drive your Chevrolet through a the really classy USA. lady and a good golfer America's as well. The, uh, the late night show here at the advertising show with Ray Shellings, Brad Forsyth, Alex Ben Block is uh, also a, a regular panelist, by the way, for Call Sheet. It's an independent look at the entertainment business. Uh, with uh, it's heard every actually every weekly on the National Public Radio affiliate in Southern California. It's KPCC FM. Uh, Alex is in stereo. That's cool. Uh, Alex, welcome back to the advertising show. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, and uh, great lead, a great lead in there, Ray, with the uh, spot on uh, See the USA in a uh, Chevrolet, because we're going to talk about the automaker's uh, shift in ad dollars and from uh, st- uh, TV buying, and we're going to do that in just a second. But first, let's get caught up on prime time, Alex. I know prime time's well underway, of course. And uh, any surprises, uh, any any hits that you didn't expect and uh, misses that you were hoping or expecting for uh, greater results? Well, among the new shows, clearly the biggest hits include uh, Heroes on NBC, and thank God NBC has something to brag about, <laughs> Ugly Betty on ABC, uh, and then among returning shows, Grey's Anatomy's move to Thursday night uh, has turned out to be quite brilliant. They're doing great there, and the show ER on NBC has had a real rebound this season. And, uh, and another returning show that's just really been a smash was Dancing with the Stars on ABC. Mm-hmm. So there are some hits out there, but let's talk about what's not working. This was the season that everybody talked about serial dramas. You know, in the wake of Lost and 24 and Prison Break, every network wanted to have one of those serial dramas that you just had to watch week after week and that produced huge DVD sales. Unfortunately, most of those serial dramas are already the uh, uh, casualties of the new season or in trouble. Some shows like Kidnapped has already gone, Vanished has been canceled, Smith has been canceled, Runaway has been canceled. Shows uh, uh, probably aren't going to be around long include The Nine, Six Degrees, uh, and all of these shows required a commitment on the part of viewers. And then, of course, there's my network TV, the uh, News Corp Fox network, which is running telenovelas, and that's been an absolute uh, disaster so far. They're barely registering on the Nielsen meter with their audience. So it's a big commitment for busy people to say, oh, I'm going to watch every one of these shows, because if you miss one, it gets very confusing. It's not an episode that's self-contained, so that's really the news of this season. Yeah, you know, uh, Ray and I are both big fans of uh, Earl and The Office, and, uh, you know, in, in both of our opinions, great program, great writing, uh, but yet uh, not doing so well in the ratings, huh, huh, Alex? Well, you know, they moved into Thursday night as part of this new comedy block. Earl is down from last year when it, be, when it was the hit of the season. It clearly isn't uh, doing what they'd hoped it would do. The Office is uh, kind of holding its own, and there seems to be a cult following for it, so... Yeah. I don't think either show is close to cancellation, but neither show has uh, blown anybody away at the moment. Yeah. yeah. I was surprised to see a rerun on uh, The Office already this uh, a week or so ago from their, their uh, uh, primetime premiere this year. But, You're kidding. Uh, no, I guess they've got some thought behind that, Alex. I don't, I don't know what it is. But, well, you know, but, they order about 22 episodes for the year, and you've got a season that lasts more than 22 weeks. So, so what they end up doing is kind of dropping in the new episodes when they need them. So when it comes to May sweeps or February sweeps, you get all new episodes. But when it comes to other times of the year, particularly if it's a holiday or if they think it's going to be a slow week, quite often they will drop in a repeat. Uh, hmm. And that's kind of what you're seeing. Yeah, and uh, real quickly, uh, auto ads, uh, are they hitting the skids, Alex? Indeed they are. You know, uh, automobiles are arguably the most important category of advertising, particularly on network television. 
And as we all know from reading the papers, uh, the American automobile companies, particularly General Motors and Ford, have really seen their sales decrease. And as a result, their spending on advertising is down as well. And they're changing the, the way they do ads and shifting a lot of the buying time from uh, just buying network to a much broader range of digital media, as we talked about before, meaning the Internet and wireless, billboards, outdoor, all sorts of things. Uh, in particular, General Motors' marketing budget is going online, uh, even though they're, they're still have a significant ad budget uh, for national uh, TV. But uh, online as a percentage of how they spend their money is quickly rising because they're looking to reach people. I just want to note, I think one of the worst ad campaigns, in my opinion, uh, mm -hmm. of, of recent time was a Dr. Z ad campaign for <laughs> Daimler Chrysler. Right. Uh, they spent a bloody fortune on it. I thought the campaign itself was... I didn't know what the hell they were talking about, and it, I didn't see why it would sell any cars, and as it turns out, it didn't. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, you, uh, Ray and I have talked about that as well, and uh, you're not going to get any argument from us on that. Uh, I don't know what they were smoking in the uh, corridors of, uh, of uh, I don't Detroit. even know who the agency <laughs> is at Daimler off the top, but uh, in any event. It's probably out of Detroit. Campaign with the CEO in it, I get nervous. Yeah, yeah. Unless it's Lee Iacocca and nineteen, you know, seventy whatever. But that was an unusual situation, and he really was responsible for the turnaround. He really was an American icon. Yeah. So when he came on, it was a big deal. Having this German gentleman with his mustache come on and make bad jokes, I don't think he had the same impact. <laughs> I agree. In fact, I thought it was a, a little uh, far-reaching to bring uh, Lee Iacocca back the second time around with uh, Jason Alexander. But yet, uh, as I think about this, I believe it's uh, uh, BBDO that, uh, and I hope I'm right in that, Ray, okay. uh, that, that uh, handles that. But in any event, uh, how much time do we have left, Ray? Just about 30 seconds, Brad. Yeah, well, in 30 seconds, I'll just set up that next segment. We got a lot happening in the in the syndication area with uh, Rachel Ray with her new program out, as well as uh, Megan uh, Mullally and uh, coming from Friends, of course. If you're a big fan of that, and uh, she has her own talk Grace. show. Yeah, I'm sorry, Willie Grace. I'm sorry, you're exactly right. I confuse that with Friends because those are the two programs my wife makes me watch. She makes you watch. Well, she doesn't anymore. Now it's in the Watch this. Alex Ben Block is our special guest out of Los Angeles here on The Advertising Show. Alex is an entertainment journalist and author. We have more with Alex coming up in the next segment. Simplifying the complex world of advertising. To reach Ray and Brad with your questions, log on to theadvertisingshow.com. This is The Advertising Show. Good morning. Oh, you're not my daisies. Right, Mother Nature. They're Chiffon's new daisy servers. Taste. Back with the advertising oh, show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth and our very special friend of the show, Alex Ben Block, entertainment journalist and author out of L.A. Welcome back to the show, Alex. Thank you. Yeah, and as we uh, mentioned last segment, uh, Rachel what, Ray, uh, gosh, the perky one from the Food Channel, She's uh, doing... Yeah, doing well this this year. I had no idea until you'd given me a little uh, front information on that about uh, her program uh, being tied in, I guess, indirectly with uh, Oprah and Dr. Phil because they all have the same syndicator with King World. Bring us up to date, Alex, and what's going on in the uh, world of the syndication. Well, Rachel Ray, the perky personality who you may know from the Food Network, has her own nationally syndicated talk show. And uh, as the gentleman mentioned here, it was birthed off the Oprah show. King World, which is the distributor for Oprah, which, by the way, is part of uh, Paramount CBS, mm -hmm. 
also had the last big hit in syndication, Dr. Phil. And that also began as a segment on the Oprah show. And there have been very, very, very few hits in syndication, but these two stand out. But this year, Rachel Ray has just taken off. Uh, she's found not only a large audience, but she's found the audience that advertisers want. That young female audience in the morning are watching in very big numbers. And so uh, her show is really the big breakout hit of the season, and a number of other shows aren't doing nearly as well. One of which we want to talk about is Megan Mullally, who you mentioned yeah. earlier, who, of course, won a bunch of Emmys and was a critical favorite on uh, Will and Grace. But the characters she played on Will and Grace and the women who's on TV are very significantly different. Mm -hmm. And Megan's a lovely lady, but, uh, you know, uh, certainly not offensive in any way, but not as interesting to me as she might be either. But the problem there is the creative. Uh, you know, earlier you played some music from Dinah Shore, who used to do a talk show that had a mix of entertainment and talk. And that was really what Megan Mullally and her producers wanted to do. And for budget reasons, they found it very hard to do. And for creative reasons, they've been very challenged. And the ratings are not very good. And the show is already getting downgrades, meaning it's moved from really the best time periods to lesser time periods in New York, Los Angeles, and other major markets. And that's usually a sign that the show is on its way to early cancellation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you know, you mentioned Diana Shore's uh, TV program. We like to say that uh, that's back when Burt Reynolds actually had hair. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, in case you're wondering, and in case you're listening, Burt, that was Ray. Yeah. Uh, let, let's talk a little bit about uh, infomercials. I mean, we, we hear so much about infomercials, and yet, uh, you know, it seems to be more popular today than it once was, but yet people are really uh, into that now. What, what's going on there, Alex? Well, some are into it, and some are fed up. There's certainly yeah, me a too. lot of them. Yes. Uh, anybody who turns on their TV in the middle of the night can tell you that a lot of uh, what comes up is now called paid programming, mm -hmm. right. meaning infomercials, and it's a huge industry uh, on the production level, on the in terms of distribution. Uh, but there's some innovative stuff going on as well, and uh, clearly if these things weren't paying off, I guess there wouldn't be so many of them on the air night after night uh, making some people millionaires. Right. Uh, but one in particular I wanted to point out to you has to do with HBO Video. Because uh, they're going to be releasing, remember Get Smart, the old TV series? Sure, absolutely. Uh, it was very popular when I was a younger person. I loved that show. And uh, they're going to be putting it out on DVD this year. But instead of selling the DVDs through retailers, your local Blockbuster, Kmart, whatever, they're going to issue the entire series all at once, and they're giving Time Life a one-year exclusive option. So you can expect to see some of those infomercials with Time Life pitching Get Smart coming up on your TV, hmm. and this is uh, kind of the next step in a way for infomercials, where instead of just doing some hokey product, they take mainline products, and instead of going through traditional distribution channels, use the infomercial route to try and sell large numbers of these very quickly, and it'll be interesting to me to see if this works. Remember, the overall DVD market is slowing down significantly. The, the whole, you know, it's been around long enough now that there's not a lot of library sales. People have kind of bought what they want. They're, they're mm -hmm. just buying new product. So the people who sell DVDs, the big studios and so forth, are scrambling to find new ways to package the stuff, to sell it, and using an infomercial to sell an old TV series all in a bunch to the fans mm -hmm. is, at this moment, somewhat innovative, and we'll see if it works. 
Yeah, well, to prove that Ray and I are fans of Get Smart, I called him from my thong the other day. Mm-hmm. Your, your shoe phone, right? Yes. Yeah, and I'm laying on the uh, the rug with Barbara Feldman, okay? Thank you very much. <laughs> Real quickly, uh, uh, Nielsen Media Research coming out with ratings for uh, commercials. Uh, controversial, isn't it, Alex? It's very controversial. You know, for years, ratings have been for the shows. And then the advertisers accepted the fact that, okay, X number of people watch the show, so I'll pay for that. Now, with new technology, A.C. Nielsen Company and Nielsen Media Research, their division that uh, actually reports this stuff, is able to give you minute-by-minute, almost second-by-second ratings, and they're doing so with advertising. Uh, But uh, it's going to happen for network, but cable TV, for the most part, is opting out of this refusing to pay for it, won't participate in it. Out of time, but uh, as always, thankful that we can get you on the show, Alex. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for dropping by. Always fun, guys. Anytime. Thanks, Alex. Back with more in just a minute on The Advertising Show. You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. Amigo, I'm Chiquita Banana, and I've come to say banana. The only uh, fruit that doesn't use trans fats like uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken does. What yeah. I don't understand about Kentucky Fried Chicken is they mm-hmm. they've gone away from trans fats, but they are not going to do it until. Sometime in 2007. Oh, seven, right. What, do they have to order this stuff and it comes in later or what? The big vats of it. But what's interesting is not only are they transitioning to 07 on that, which isn't that far away, by the way. No, it really isn't. But, but they're going to keep the trans fats in the biscuits. So <laughs> load up on the biscuits. Of course, you've been hearing how New York City is trying to outlaw trans fatty acids. Uh, trans fats. Trans fats, right, exactly, yeah. yeah. They're going to outlaw it. Okay. Can you imagine that? I'm going to the Bronx. Get me some trans fatties. <laughs> I mean, come on. What are you doing here? You can't you can't legislate that, can you? And in, in the meantime, nobody's going after Denny's. Denny's, I'm not going to pay too much, but I'm going to eat too much. <laughs> yeah. They show you, you know, instead of getting three pieces of sausage, you get 12. And right. instead of one pancake, you get eight and right. uh, more eggs. But, you know, Denny's, it's, I, I like their slogan, always working. Unlike your arteries. Well, you've got to be working to load up that much on a plate. You, they're never taking a break back there. And, you know, if you don't get Fred Flintstone, the opening of the Flintstones, to do your commercial where his car tips over because he's got the big slab of ribs on the side oh, of the yeah, drive-through thing. Yeah. If you don't get him to do your commercials, Denny's, you're really missing it. <laughs> that's, that's actually pretty good. I could, yeah. see, I could see Tony Roma's or some rib place in Memphis using Fred. Yeah. Uh, they wouldn't do it in Memphis. Well, maybe they get Barney then. Yeah, Barney. He's good. available. There you go. Uh, just a couple of moments away from uh, Jeffrey Gittimer here at the advertising show. Getting around low-level people. Low-level people. Don't want to be around them. Oh, no, they smell. Uh, thanks to Alex Ben Block, uh, entertainment journalist and author. Also, uh, look forward to, to this coming week. And it's going to be a good conversation to Diane Hessen, president of Communispace. It's all about uh, putting groups of people together and getting them to converse with each other. That used to be Product. called uh, a knitting circle, but now it's called something else. But that's right, fine. but you're talking about something significant as opposed to, how's your husband's gallstone doing? <laughs> Maybe they have groups that they serve that way as well. All right, Who this knows? too will pass. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, Google bought YouTube, okay? They paid, yes. way, they paid a lot of money for that, right. uh, which is interesting. And there's been a, uh, oh, a little bit of controversy now with... Um, 
people putting stuff up there right. uh, that they will no longer allow to put up there because it's a copyright infringement, which I think uh-huh. is very interesting. So it would seem to me that maybe Google made a mistake in <laughs> this uh, in this latest venture with uh, with YouTube. Well, I'm I'm reading a rumor, uh, same same idea there, where for 500 million of the one point whatever billion that they paid for that, right. 500 million is being set aside for legal fees. <laughs> I'm serious Are about it. It's serious? a rumor. And it's a rumor, but they say it's uh, uh, it's for real. But uh, we'll see, I guess. But, you Jeez. know. Uh, well, obviously yeah. they saw something there. I don't yeah. get it, but obviously they saw something there. Let's, well, no, uh, wait a minute. And it won't be the first time Google screwed up lately. You know, they've been trying to make uh, transitions into traditional media and have uh, stumbled a few times. So we'll see. Here's uh, Jeffrey Gittimer on the advertising show. It's uh, getting around those low-level... Quick takes on sales and customer relations with Jeffrey Gittimer, nationally syndicated columnist in the network of city business journals and other great publications worldwide. If you're offended by common sense commentary, don't you dare listen. Now, here's Jeffrey. Jeffrey, how can I get around a lower level person without making them mad? Hey, ever been blocked before? Pretty common problem in sales. It occurs for 2.5 reasons. You get an inquiry from some lower-level person directed by the boss to go on a scouting mission, find out the facts and prices, and report back to their daddy. You make a sales call on the lower-level person only to find out that they're an influencer, not a decision-maker, and they won't let you talk to their daddy. Reason number 2.5. You finally get to the person you think is the decision-maker only to find out that this person is not the decision-maker you may not even know who their daddy is. Lower level people have one mission, to protect their boss from salespeople. So how do you get around this lower level person? Never go to the lower level person. Here's a better answer. The easiest way to get around this low level person is to include them. That way they don't feel threatened. But there's a best answer. Get to the higher level person by using higher level information. You see, you have to go in with ideas that positively impacts your prospects, productivity and profitability. If you want to get to the real boss, you have to have real information, not product information. Once you get that meeting, you can get a decision. Quick takes on sales and customer relations from The Advertising Show, the only radio show in America featuring Jeffrey Gittimer as a regular weekly guest. To learn more about his books, tapes, CDs, and speaking engagements, log on to Gittimer.com, G-I-T-O-M-E-R.com. And tune in next week when we'll hear Jeffrey say, This is Jeffrey Gittimer reminding you that if no one responds to your ad, it may be because your ad sucks. Thanks, Jeffrey. It's Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth here on The Advertising Show at theadvertisingshow.com. Looking forward to talking with Diane Hessen uh, next week. Uh, it's uh, Diane's place is called Communispace, mm-hmm. uh, president of uh, Communispace. So Diane's going to have a lot of good stuff to, to talk to uh, us about and uh, to yeah. talk to you as well. What do you have there, quickly? There? Well, you know, it's interesting, Ray. Uh, still trying to outdo the BMW Z3 launch with the Bond uh, tie-in Dutch beer uh, brand Heineken. Mm-hmm. Uh, their new spots are linking to the upcoming James Bond movie Casino Royale, uh, and they'll have a look and feel of a mini Bond film. Uh, the spots are from independent uh, d- producer uh, Strawberry Frog, uh, which will include a four-minute making of video as well as a uh, 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 shot by James Bond fan director uh, Stephen Gagan. 
G-A-G-H-A-N, Gagan, or whatever, however you'd say Gagan. that. Yeah, but they're featuring, you know, they're tying this whole thing in with uh, Heineken and uh, Bond. I, I don't know about you, but I think it's time you just say, okay, BMW did the best job, you know, many years ago with the Z3 launch and the tie-in with that, and let's let's give up on that and come up with a new idea. New idea, yes. Hey, speaking yeah. of new ideas, I had a blue moon, and we've had blue moon beer before. Oh, yeah. and A uh, couple of them. But I've, yeah, exactly, but I've never <laughs> had it with an orange. Uh, and that's squeeze of orange. You mean? No, like you, you basically take instead of a lime or lemon, you take the orange, you cut a slice of that off, and you yeah. stick it on the glass, and it is so good. Really, Blue Moon. Buy it at your favorite supermarket. It's good. well. Hold on, I'll I'll have one now. <laughs> oh, it's good. No, seriously, got to try it. I had the. Had it a few weeks ago at a, a Buffalo Wild Wings place. And they ran out of oranges. Oh, I hope not. We're going to have to get that back. Uh, <laughs> look forward to seeing you next week. The Advertising Show brought to you by Advertising Age magazine. You can visit them online at adage.com. In the meantime, come visit us a whole bunches of times, too. This is a Big Radio Midgets production.